The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 24 of Unspoken Cancer Truths, formerly the Cancer Cliff Notes. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. When I started the podcast in the winter of 2018, I had a vision to share the stories of cancer survivors and the work of nonprofits serving the cancer community. As I've talked with more and more survivors, caregivers, and those with a connection to cancer, it became clear that there were many things we were all feeling, but we just weren't talking about them in the world. Those truths that we sometimes feel alone with were coming out as people shared their stories. So at the launch of season two, the podcast name is changing to Unspoken Cancer Truths, where we foster the sharing of both the journey and the truths of cancer experiences. This week, my guest is Dane David. Dane was diagnosed with prostate cancer in July 2016 after failing a life insurance physical. As the owner of an insurance agency, that was an enlightening lesson on the importance of screenings and sharing a cancer diagnosis with your family. Let's jump in and hear his story. Welcome, Dane. I am really happy to have you here today. You're actually the first gentleman that I'm having on my podcast, which is amazing. I need more gentlemen to come on and share their stories because it's so important for men to share their stories as well as women to share their stories. So I'm going to just turn it over to you and have you share how you came to find out about your diagnosis because it was a little bit in the same way that I came to find out about mine through routine checkup. So I would love for you to just jump in and share your story. Well, great. Thank you, Jen, for the invitation. I appreciate it. And this is one thing I really don't talk that much about, just so you know, you know, with, with people. So bear with me on this, if you would. In July uh, 2016, I bought an insurance agency. And um, so that month, uh, after I got started, I decided, well, that'd be a good business decision to make sure that um, I'm properly protected, you know, for my family, that if something happened to me, that, you know, it would pay off the loan, it would pay the bills for a year or so, keep the employees on staff, things like that. So I went to go get a life insurance policy um, with my own company. And of course, at my age, I was uh, 57 at the time. So at that point, they have to, you know, they do the blood tests, they do the EKG and things like that. So when it got, takes a couple of weeks to get the test back and uh, I was declined life insurance from my own company. So, um, and I, I can tell you, I wasn't one to go to the doctor that much, you know, for physicals and things like that, which is a big mistake. Let's just go ahead and say it right now. But anyway, I was declined because my PSA levels were high. Um, and they suggested I go to a doctor, the life insurance company. Well, I didn't know what PSA meant, so I researched it, everything like that, and uh, went to a doctor, and they took more blood tests, and they said, you need to go to a urologist right away. So they re referred me to one. I went to a urologist. Uh, they talked to me about it and uh, ended up doing a biopsy, and uh, they found out that I did have a prostate cancer. And, uh, you know, with, with that, so that was, that was eye opening, you know, cause I've never thought about it before. And, 
in fact, my uh, found out that my dad actually had it, but never told us. So wow, he, 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 my mom and my dad never told me about it. So anyway, so that <laughs> that was something. So this is something I've talked to my kids about and everything because um, just so you know, after research and everything, it it's more prevalent. You know, if a father has it, it's more likely that their sons are going to have it too you know, down, down the road. So anyway, talk to my kids about all that. So ended up with a biopsy, did have prostate cancer and, um, they gave me two options. Um, one was, uh, internal radiation rods that they would implant in me or uh, complete removal of the prostate. And they went to two different doctors. They recommended the complete removal at the stage that I was in. So, and at my health and my age. So that happened. And, uh, in October of 2016, and I go back every six months now uh, for a blood test, and everything is zero. So that's the good news. So that's fantastic. Actually, yeah, so that's one way life insurance actually saved my life. <laughs> and uh, so after doing some research and things like that, you know, please go get a physical for anybody or any male over 50 years old. Um, it's actually one in three men have some sort of cancer cell in their prostate. It doesn't mean it's malignant or anything like that, but one in three men and about one in nine men will be diagnosed in their lifetime with actual cancer, prostate cancer. Wow. And so a couple of statistics um, on that, you know, prostate cancer kills uh, three, 30,000 men a year. It's the second wow. highest cancer rate for that. So those are just the, some of the things um, that I found, like I say, was shocking, <laughs> you know, for that. But, and, you know, so I have a good life. You know, there's some complications after the surgery and things like that, but we live through it. Yes. It's very interesting, the survivorship component. And I, I, we know one another. So I would characterize you as someone who's in good physical shape. Yes, so I'm sure it was yes. very surprising. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. I, especially just finding out from a, you know, trying to get a policy. Yes, absolutely. My, my dad has had been being followed for bladder cancer for gosh, nearly 25 years. And it was just found in a routine physical. Oh my. And because of that, he, it's, we forget that. Like, I don't think of him as having a cancer, but because they screen him, if they find something, they remove it. He goes on, it hasn't, he hasn't had to have more than that. And they just have tracked him for years and years. But it's that importance. I was at a meeting this morning and I was asking people, it's like speed dating for business owners. And I was asking people at the beginning of my 45 seconds, how many people are current on their checkups? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I was thinking of our conversation today because you and I both are in that place of we were otherwise healthy, functional, fit people. Right. Right. Absolutely. And had this little problem. Yes. I understand. And, and and for me, it was it was just, you know, one of those things that it was a dumb thing not to go get 
you know, a physical every year because, you know, the insurance covers it and for the, you know, that. And, uh, so that's, that's one of the biggest things that I talk to people now, you know, it's just go do it. It doesn't take that long. (laughs) Yes. I was speaking at another event recently and I said, early prevention is our best defense. And, but early prevention only works if we take the time to make the appointments and then show up. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Showing up's a big thing too. Right. Yes. And yes. not putting it off or having something else be more important. And so often there's so many other things or other people in our lives that are more important. We were in a group together a few years ago and I had done a little activity that I like to do when I'm talking to groups where I have people write down four people, the four most important humans in their life. And you were the only, there were probably 35 or 40 people in the room that morning. And you were the one person that actually had the right answer. And you were your most important human. And I find that especially I did this in a room recently and a friend of mine who lost her husband to cancer many years ago. Now she was her most important human. And I find people that have faced these challenges see the world in a different way. Are there any new things that you do since your diagnosis or things you do differently? I do go to the doctor regularly now. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do that. And actually it's just a month ago that I went for another physical. So on that and uh everything everything looks good. Um the other thing is I I am trying to, you know, eat better, exercise more, you know, when I'm with somebody now or I have twelve grandchildren. Three wow. children, twelve grandchildren. So that was a big um it was a big eye opener that, you know, I want to be with them and I want to, I want to see them grow up. So one of the things is I make sure that when I'm with them, I'm present with them, you know, and not, not distracted, make time for them, go fishing, you know, just, you know, there's little things, go to the science museum with the young ones, whatever. And basically tell my wife, I love her a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) because you never know. It's so true. I've met a lot of people too that have really, and I, you and your wife have been together for how how many years? Uh, 41 years, been married. Yes. We we knew each other in high school. So Yes. You've been together for a really long time. Yes. And I, these types of situations definitely they can cement those things more, like make you even more aware of how fortunate you are to have that support person. Yes. yes. Which I know makes, makes such a difference. Um, my husband and I got married in the middle of my cancer journey. So oh, wow. <laughs> that was, <That's>, wow. <laughs> we had been together for many years. Uh, but then when I was diagnosed, it was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's, this could, things could change when we least expect them to. 
Right, right. So it's a an interesting it's an interesting time for sure. You had mentioned the component of survivorship, like the things that are happening after your treatment. And I gave a TED talk back in December and I talked a lot about the challenges of survivorship. There are 16 million Americans that are surviving with cancer or after cancer, whether it's metastatic and they're still managing it or whether they're you know, kind of on the other side of their journey and monitoring to make sure that we don't have a recurrence. But the goals of so much of the medical system is geared at treatment. Then we come out of the other side of treatment and we have the challenges of survivorship. Was there anything in that journey that has kind of stood out for you? It's just that, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, you're always, you know, you're wondering on that six month mark when I go back to get my blood tests, you know, is, did it, did it move somewhere and now it's showing up, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's always in the back of your mind. Um, And uh, I would, I would just say, you know, the recovery part of it, you know, the physical recovery part, you know, continues all the time, but uh, that the the mental part or think, you know, try not to dwell on it, but it does come up, you know, you think about it. Absolutely. The, there was a, an article in the new England journal of medicine where they're starting to fortunately for the 16 projected to be 20 to 25 million of us, they're starting to look at survivorship. And one of the common items that they find comes up for people is that fear of recurrence and depression, anxiety. Uh, People have, are starting to be more commonly diagnosed with PTSD as well. That's definitely, I saw a very interesting, um, the American Cancer Society has a very interesting statistic on something like 30 2% of people don't return to work after treatment. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Which was a, is a very high number. Right. Um, For many reasons, it could be the long-term or late occurring side effects, or I was in what I do with people. I had worked with survivors for many years and I was really surprised myself by my own things that came up when I was starting to get myself moving again. And I stayed really active during treatment. And it was really surprising to me, some of the things between my ears that were coming up in the, in that recovery process. And that was really eye opening and has given me a completely different as, as very frequently happens with people when they have a personal experience. Right. So it's very interesting. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I would love to actually talk about some of your professional things in terms of um, insurance and different policies and different types of programs that 
um, people should consider or know that they have in their world, um, whether they're employed by an employer or or self-employed. Um, I work with lots of entrepreneurs. So I would love to dig into a little bit about that, like what people should be considering from the insurance perspective. So, okay, great, great. Great. Love so to. we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hi, Jen here. I hope you're enjoying the show. When I finished treatment, I discovered survivorship was way more challenging than I ever expected it to be. There are a lot of things no one prepares you for. I attended one support group meeting and knew that was not for me. The more people I talked with, the more I realized I was not alone. This podcast is a forum for people to share their cancer stories from start to present. And my Facebook group is a gathering space for people to find positive inspiration on the not-so-positive days. In a community of people who understand the challenges of this journey. So come on over and join the Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning. And be part of the conversation. When you see the question, how did you hear about us? Be sure to mention this podcast episode. I look forward to seeing you there. Hi, we're back. I'm here with Dane David, and I'm so grateful to you for sharing your journey with prostate cancer. We were talking in the break about how very shortly after you and I were both, I was diagnosed in uh, May of 2016. And very shortly after that, I saw a research study that came out connecting breast cancer and prostate cancer to environmental factors and areas where there tends to be a lot of traffic. And I found that very interesting. So I think when it comes to prostate cancer and breast cancer, both, there are a lot of unknowns around why people, what flips the switch in one person versus another. So I thought that was really interesting. You also had mentioned your your mom and dad and learning after your own diagnosis that your dad had faced this as well. Yes, it was. I, you know, um, my wife and I talked about it and we wanted to make sure that my parents knew and that her parents knew and that all our kids knew what was going on in case something did happen, you know. So when I told my parents, yeah, my dad said, yeah, about five years ago, I had the same thing. But, you know, he didn't have complete removal. He did the radiation, but didn't tell us. <laughs> so, and, you know, according to the statistics, you know, I'm more, you know, he, if he would have told me, I would have went in and, you know, got test earlier. But so now my, my boys know. Um, and so when they're, you know, around the age of 50 or whatever, it doesn't really happen that much. People under 40. Uh, but, you know, they, they know when they hit 50, they need to start asking for that test, the PSA test, blood test. So, and that, you know, and, and you know, like you said, the different environmental things, like, you know, a lot of different things can happen. You know, they're still testing the cell phones, things like that. And like I told you, I was in, on the road in sales um, back when the cell phones start, first started. And I would I would drive hours and hours with the cell phone between my legs, you know, waiting for it to ring or you know, easy place to pick it up. Yeah. You know, before the before the time of Bluetooth and all that, <laughs> so it was. So you never know. You never know. 
right? And even carrying your phone in your pocket. Right. Yeah. So parental communication is so interesting, or family communication in general is so interesting. Absolutely. Well, it needs to be there. Absolutely. And so for so many people, it's such a challenging topic. I'm actually going to, that's one of the topics in my Facebook group, just communication, because there are communication scholars that are arguing over communication. (laughs) And it's really challenging for people, like what to share, how much to share. And my parents have that challenge of they don't always share because there's nothing to worry about. Right, right. So we'll tell you after the fact if we have something going on. Yeah. We're like, no, just (laughs) tell us. Just so that we know if it's not a big deal, there's no reason to tell us or not to tell us. Right, right. You need to tell us. Absolutely. Forever harping on on that topic of because the more we know, the more we can help other people. It's it's in that information as we share. I tell people all the time, I was a picture of health. I just had this little problem. It's cancer. So I would you brought up several topics yesterday. Um, in terms of insurance and different coverages and things that people should consider. So I would love if you would share some of your expertise with the podcast community today. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Um, Just so you know, after I was diagnosed with this and I cannot get life insurance um, for five years after the surgery and I have to have proof, show proof of all the testing that was zero and things like that. Plus it's going to be so expensive. I don't know, you know, how it's going to be, you know, especially at that time I'll, when I'm eligible again, I'll be 62. So uh, the biggest thing on life insurance, everybody hates it. <laughs> Nobody likes to talk about it, but um, you know, it's what is going to be, what legacy do you want to leave, you know, for your family? Do you want them to have to get up and move? you know, because of loss of income, things like that. You want your kids to stay in the same school, same friends, all that kind of thing. But, you know, get it young, get a lot of it, <laughs> you know, when you're younger and healthy. Also, there's act, there's uh, products out there now, life insurance, that will actually pay um, if you're diagnosed with a terminal disease, it'll actually pay out 80% of the life insurance policy up front. So you can, you know, look at different medical options with that. Um, you can go travel with your family, you know, and not that kind of thing. So those are options out there. Um, you know, it, there's options if something happens to, you can have a life insurance policy that will actually pay out in front. If, you know, you lose uh, two, you can't dress yourself, you can't bathe yourself, something like that. Right. It'll actually pay um, it'll actually pay out um, before you die so that you can, you know, you can have that in-home care if you want, those kinds of things. Also, there's disability, you know, the disability insurance, you know, there's so many out there. Um, you know, if something happens to your income, you're still living, um, you know, do you, do you need to replace that income for your family while you're living? There, those are things. There, there's a lot of options out there, you know, and uh, 
so they, they can be, ex, you know, more expensive as you get older or something happens, like I say, if something is diagnosed, it's, it's, you're not going to get it. So, er, you know, it's like early prevention. This is also early prevention. Go, go talk to your insurance agent about it and the options out there for you and your family. Yeah, that's such a great point. I, ironically, I had been working on finalizing a life insurance policy for myself. Oh, wow. Right before I got diagnosed. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't done any of the physicals or anything. Right. But we were in, in talks and then I got diagnosed and I had to call my agent and say, yeah, um, yeah. I'm no longer eligible for that insurance. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're, they're also, you know, talk to your employers about, you know, the group policies where voluntary benefits, you know, there's cancer policies, there's all kinds of things where they actually pay, you know, you pay you directly. It doesn't have to go to medical bills. It can go actually go to pay for your, you know, your heating, your mortgage, things like that. So a lot of employers um, have that. If your employer does not, let me know. <laughs> I can help out. Yeah, that's, that is a great point. So what should people be looking for in their policies to make sure that they've got their bases covered? Like if there's something, I know there's so many, it's like medical diagnosis, right? Like there's so many components and everyone's unique, but are there certain things that everyone should know that they have minimum? Yes. Um, what you minimum would be a three to five year recovery plan for your family. Um, you know, they're going to be going through so much stress already, you know, they don't need to go through the medical, the, I'm sorry, the financial stress. Um, so you want to give them at least three to five years for recovery to make sure that they don't have to make any major financial changes in their life. You know, there's a lot of different numbers out there, you know, the 10 years or 10 times your income, things like that. But the biggest thing is make sure, you know, sit down with with a competent uh, agent, you know, for, for life insurance, for disability, things like that. And let them, you know, let them know your financial situation, where you want to be, what you want to leave behind, uh, how you want things taken care of so that they can advise you correctly. But make sure it's in your budget because, you know, that, that's the big thing. Um, we don't, we don't, wanna, don't want you spending more than you can. And later on, you know, you're down the road, cancel on the policy and, you know, different things like that. So. Right. Yeah, it's so important. And I like that three to five year recovery plan because everyone is unique. Like you could have someone who, you know, has small children at home and there's a stay home mom and you have a main breadwinner and while they may not make a lot of money, it's important to know that you can cover those things and give people that runway in the event. Cause we never know the proverbial bus is, right. <laughs> it can right. happen. Yeah, it can. It can. It, and that's the minimum. The three to five years is a minimum, you know, depending on your family, on your situation, things like that. Right. Um, and then also look at the one, the policies um, that can pay out if you're diagnosed with a, with something terminal or, you know, that, that you can enjoy, you know, basically in your family, enjoy the rest of your life and what, what situation you have. And we do have people that do that. They, you know, they take the money and they go on a 
trip, you know, go on vacations with the family and spend as much time with them because that's what's, you know, that's what's important. Or they look at alternative medicines. So, Right. Yeah. Making memories is definitely something that has come up with other people that I've interviewed here. And that it's very interesting because a lot of the folks that I talk with are travelers. And my husband and I also are travelers. And so many folks that I meet are like, oh, how can you travel a couple times a year? I'm like, how can we not? Not right. Right. Like, I get it. I hope that we can travel in retirement and do those things. I absolutely want to do those things. But tomorrow is not a guarantee. And whatever we can, you know, do now, we want to be able to spend that time together and make those memories all along the way, not just at some, as, as a friend of mine said this week, sometime is not a time on the, on the clock or the calendar. Right. Right. This moment is. Yes. Yes. So much so. And reality is email will be there. And it might not be life-threatening. Correct. Correct. So you had mentioned um, for the entrepreneurs that are out there, you had mentioned some policies that I was not aware of, some programs and things. As in a disability um, to, to pay for your business if something happens to you and you can't work? Yes. Is that, okay. So, yeah, there, there are policies out there for a business owner. Um, you know, I have several employees. I have rent. Um, you know, I have bills, things like that. You know, as yeah. a business owner, so if something happens to me, me that I can't work and produce income, I still want to be able to pay those employees, keep the business running as long as I can. You know, pay the bills, pay the rent. So there are policies for business owners like that. Um, also, there's policies for individuals. Um, you know. Uh, Realtors, health, you know, like you, health people uh, yeah. that, that work for themselves. So if something happens to them and they can't get, you know, a realtor can't get out and show houses or things like that, you know, what happens to their income then? So there right. are disability policies for, in, you know, individual people that have like LLCs, those kinds of things that will help them replace that income until they get back on their feet and can get back out and you know, networking and meeting people and, you know, and earning an income. So those are things to look at also important things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now remind me, do you, I know that you own an insurance agency. Do you work exclusively in Virginia or are you licensed in other states as well? Um, I licensed in Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, DC, and West Virginia. Fantastic. So if you check out the resources under the podcast, there will be a link for how you can reach out to Dane for insurance assistance if you are in one of those areas. Could I make say one more thing yes. about that venture? Um, I also have a certified financial planner on staff, and uh, it is complimentary to anyone who's listened to this podcast, their friends or family who, who would like to talk to Ryan. He has 30 years experience in the industry as far as financial planning. 
and uh, has all things retirement, life, disability, all that knowledge. So be glad to you know connect you to connect anyone with him. That's fantastic. Complimentary, complimentary service, no no fees. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for you sharing your story today. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. And it's kind of like a a little weight off my shoulders or off my chest, actually talking with you about this. (laughs) You know how hard it is for, for guys that or you know, people to talk about it or guys to talk about it, you know, things like this. But anyway. Yes, and thank you. You are trailblazing the way for other gentlemen (laughs) to come and chat with me. This has been an amazing outlet, I think, for people. I started the podcast as a way to connect with more people and to hear more people's stories. And I very frequently people say how surprised they are by how they feel after they've told their story. So I'm so glad. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate the invitation, the opportunity, and and appreciate getting to know you and known you over the years. So thank you very much. Thanks again to Dane for sharing his story today. One of the most important truths about cancer is that knowledge is power. The more we know and can gather about family history, the better prepared we can be to be good stewards of our own health journey. Dane touched on an unexpected benefit of this podcast. I've had so many people share their story start to present, and when we've wrapped the recording, or sometimes days later, they'll email and report that sharing their story in this way had unexpected healing qualities. I'm so grateful to everyone who reaches out to share their story and their truths. Join me in two weeks when Linda Graziano, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society 2020 candidate for Woman of the Year, shares her truth as the young sibling of a childhood cancer survivor. Come join the conversation and find out about upcoming episodes in the Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning. Thanks for listening and have a great week.